0: man oh. big luke welcome yeah, to the ground yeah. podcast thanks for coming on cheers for no your worries, mate.
1: yeah i'll, I'll, I'll drink you tea at the uh must big cup <laughs> right
0: that isn't just a cup that's a sports direct mug mate if you, the you, one. If you spill that mate there's gonna be a flood
1: <laughs> you know how it is how's it going how's life treating you yeah good At the moment, uh, after a few sticky months, you know, obviously getting MD'd wasn't the one. It was a bit of a shock, but it was was on the cards for a while, I'd say, after the injury, so I sort of knew there was a risk. Um, And when when the operation didn't take as well as it was going to take, I sort of knew that I was on borrowed time, but still was a bit of a shock, considering I was in a recruiting pit in an office, I thought I was quite safe. Clearly not, they had other plans, so...
0: Well, clearly not if you're smashing yourself about playing rugby, you know. It's <laughs> yeah. gonna, you're going to get hurt. So what What was the injury that you got?
1: So I had uh, torn ACL, torn UCL, and then uh, damage to the femur. So where the, where the ligaments are pulled away from the bone, they're yeah. basically taking chunks of bone with them. Uh, but the problem now is, is where they've put the screws to hold the knee together, so... Cross. it's a, like a cross into yeah. the knee where they've done that in the femur the femur's now gone gray which means that that's starting to decay which at some point means that they're gonna have to take them screws out and then put them in higher up the knee oh, awesome. um so you, when you yes. said it's,
0: it's gonna start decay i thought you're gonna say
1: well at some point i'm gonna have to have my leg cut off well that's one of the that was one of the options that was given to me so there's three options on the table yeah. full knee replacement every 15 years did, did
0: you um, did you like having the back of your head? Did you go, fucking Invictus Games
1: calling? <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, in the wheelchairs. Now. It, I mean, at the moment, uh, it, it's touch wood. It's been pretty good. Um, I mean, I'm not on it as much as I would be in the military. Yeah, i yeah. spend a lot of time sitting in it, getting in and out of cars, uh, which you think would hurt you more, but actually it doesn't. Um, but no, uh, touch wood, as I said, it, it seems to be okay. And hopefully we're uh, we won't have to have the big operation, but it's always on the table at some point. So yeah, we'll see that, where they send us. How next. did it happen? Then was it a bad tackle or just an unfortunate tackle? Really, um, I yeah. was at the back of a ruck, and then was playing the RLC of all people. Always the RLC. Um, he yeah, was playing the RLC infantry versus the RLC. Foot got caught in the ground, big Fiji, and come over and uh, pretty much wiped me out. So yeah, there it was a uh, painful day at the office. That one, yeah,
0: a buddy of mine. We were playing, um, RAF, oh fucking some station. At uh, my mate Ginge, he literally he didn't even get tackled. He went to do a side step, and as he land as his foot landed, his knee went the, completely the opposite way, completely tore yeah, his ACL Ging, completely.
1: Yeah, he was the, gone. The bigger you are, there, the bigger you are. Sometimes the uh, don't don't try a step <laughs> yeah but well, he wasn't, he's not that well he's he's tall but he's not he's
0: not like mm. he, he's not a big lad as such he probably is now a fat fucker um but <laughs> the yeah, yeah well, I'm case in point for that, but yeah, he did this step and yeah, done his knee, and then I don't know you probably would have gone by the time uh, uh my mate Chris went to work for canary Wharf. But he's he's just um he's just had his it? what's
1: his uh, last
0: Chris, name Chris Dunn. He's very good mates um, with um he's very good mates with uh, our mutual friend or our mutual creature, as we shall refer to him as uh, Dan Shipper. Dan
1: Shipper. I think I do know him. I've had the name rings yeah, I know uh, yeah,
0: Dave as well. Yeah. Uh, so Chris, Chris, Chris is an avid listener. So get well soon, mate. Um, that's genuine. That's genuine. That's not just me being banter. He he basically had his fucking knee was completely screwed, and then uh, I don't know if it was before or after he ran the London Marathon, but his knee was completely gone, and um, he ended up doing a charity football match with myself, and his knee wasn't right there. He he came off, and he was like, "My knee's not right." And then because he we were playing Spurs, and he's a Spurs fan, he was like, "Can I come back on?" He was like, "Yeah." <laughs> but yeah, he's now just gone through his operation, so he's. On, on the mend. He won't be playing in the next game, but, yeah, he's on the mend. But, it's yeah, a, fucking knee. It's though. a long road
1: to recover, the old knee. So, it yeah. took me a while to, to get back to any sort of running, and even that was laboured. What's running? Um, so, it, it can be a long road back. I don't know what running Exactly, either.
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, So, let's break down to it, because, obviously... We're chatting here like we're 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 pals and everybody listening is going, Who the fuck is this guy? So yeah. <laughs> So obviously the big man, uh Coldstream guards. Talk us through it. Why
1: yeah. why, why did you join yeah, so- the guards? Well, start up, the first reason was of me high. So I I joined in two thousand and three, um, or late two thousand and two. Went into the recruiting offices as we did back then. It's not all like it is now, where it's all jumping through hoops and medical jargon and a load of crap You He walked in, picked a regiment, went away for a few days, thought about it, come back and sign a line, and he was in. Um, yeah, so I went in, just generic infantry, was going to go Anglands, obviously being from Messix, that was our regiment. And then the recruiter was like, nah, you don't want to go Anglins, mate. You want to go Guards, someone of your size. Someone of your height would, would fit into tee. So I come back when, when I see my granddad who was in the military and he said, If you go Grenadiers, I'll never talk to you again. And I was like, <laughs> Okay, so I'll go culture. And he was like, Yeah, culture guards, off you go. And that was pretty much it. Obviously, went through Catrick, um, it'd be six months up now. I spent about six months in Chelsea. And then we got told that the, the regiment was to deploy to Iraq in 2005. So we needed to start our training, et cetera, for that. Half the regiment was still coming back from Northern Ireland. So they were away on their portal leave and, and resettlement leave. You had a, a large number of them getting out after Northern Ireland because it just had enough of being away yeah. from home. And then to be told that you're going to bounce straight on another tour probably wasn't the best for them. Um, so they bounced back. And a completely we, different yeah. tour as well. Yeah, so, well, from I Ireland
0: mean, to then fighting the way we were at to in Iraq and, and Afghanistan, completely different.
1: Well, yeah, was, so, so that's what a lot of lugs struggled with. I mean, for us, we were quite lucky. We went in 2005, so we didn't really have much trouble in the first few months. We had yeah. the um, we had the elections. That was a bit sticky. There was a few protests, a few little, little shots fired here and now. A couple of Chinese rocket attacks from camp. Nothing major. Shut up, Larry, we was in the sh- an Arab hotel, um, and then we had the jam yet riots which is when the two SAS punters got arrested and helped capturing the uh, police station so a couple of our platoons deployed down to that some of us stayed back on qrf and that was pretty much it iraq was it was an eye-opener for a young 18 year old like myself whose first yeah, deployment yeah. but in terms of a deployment it was pretty straight laced It wasn't much going on to be fair and then flipped the scale to when we deployed to Afghanistan. It was a completely different kettle of fish. It was there from the moment we got off the plane. It was like, fuck, this is a bit different.
0: Yeah, but um,
1: you know, and it's what you train for, effectively. Uh, yeah, did that. And then come back from there. <clears throat> went to Seven Company. I was posted there for a while. Met my partner. Um, Had and my first child. And then decided, you know what? The army probably isn't the greatest place to be to be a young father. And then when I did the worst thing possible, when I did the anti piracy, which meant I was away more.
0: Yeah, I know. um, I literally, I was. We had. I had this conversation. I did a podcast earlier, and I had that exact conversation pretty much because he asked about my resettlement and what I did. And I was like, well, I ended up doing a CP course because I thought, as an infantryman, what what do I need to? What skills have I got that are transferable? So obviously security i did i ended up doing similar to what um dan did where i actually stuck in in the security circuit home instead of going cp because i looked at it and i was talking to my dad my old man got me a few sort of gigs or well, potential gigs and I, I was looking at it and i was looking at the time away to the yeah. time at home and i was like well that's the reason why i left the military was to be with the wife and exactly daughters." I went, as, mu- as alley as it would be, looking after the Sultan of Brunei, you know, I'm fucking, I'm going to probably turn that down, Dad.
1: <laughs> yeah. 100%. He
0: keeps I mean, saying to me was... now, even now he's like, I've got a job coming up, do you fancy? And I'm like, Dad, no. <laughs> as much as the I mean, money would be the... lovely, I'm okay. Thanks.
1: The the boats were pretty good, to be fair. It was, it was, a, it was an eye-opener to see what actually goes on over there.
0: You, you must have been surrounded by Marines. Or full to be
1: fair, no, I was, I, was, I was quite surprised. It was more we had quite a few infantry lads um, and then I sort of, when I got in, it was starting to tail off. The money was starting to drop out of it massively. Yeah. So when I from even when I started the money was dropping out hugely and then I started off on a full British team so I went over there, had a British team with me, stayed on, had a British team come back out as my first one as a TL was a British team then I, I come home, had a few weeks off, deployed back out to um, South Africa. So I flew to South Africa. I was to pick a vessel up from Durban, south to Sri Lanka, and then back from Sri Lanka up to Suez Canal. And I got on the vessel and went up, to, as you do as team leader, you go straight up to the bridge. So like, hi, I'm the team leader, blah, blah, blah. Where's my team? And he pointed over to these two Sri Lankans. Nothing against Sri Lankans. They're great <laughs> people. Didn't speak a fucking word of English.
0: Brilliant. And I was brilliant. like...
1: This is this is gonna work really well. I've got two Sri Lankan lads, don't understand a word I'm saying, and I've got to try and give these orders. So I thought we'll, we'll try and use generic army saying of get a weapon out. And they both looked at this M4 like it was magic. I'm they like, they've never seen it before. And I was like, This is gonna be a really long <laughs> twenty three days at sea. Yeah, luckily definitely. nothing nothing happened. They got off, they they went off and when you yeah. counted They'd get money and, that they made, and they, they happy. got
0: they got off and had a quick game of cricket is what they did. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So love yeah, a game of cricket. Yeah, and then my <laughs> last few festivals, it was all foreign, foreign nationals, Eastern European lads. It's all good lads, nothing against them, but again, it's just you, you're fighting a battle with them because yeah. they're trained, they are different to how we taught Some of them even got licenses, so we have to jump through hoops to do the uh, the close protection. Yeah, sorry, yeah. the anti-piracy. You have to have a Siemens book and all these bloody jargon, all these medical terms, oh, what, all what, these SC95s, yeah. Siemens book. It's like, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> like a fucking passport for yeah, the team. It's all your dates, mate. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. Fucking nightmare. So, yeah, so then the, the plan was to rejoin, do the next 12 years in the military, and then retire with a full pension. But that, that didn't exactly work out. No. Um, so here we are. Here we are. Living the dream. Here film. we are. Yeah, so it's not too it's so bad. I mean,
0: it's, it's it's good that you sort of shed some light on what the, the guards do because you know, a lot of people basically see you with your fucking bear skin on, your red tunic, living the dream, yeah, I mean, that... marching about, but not a lot of like civvies and laymen will know that you are, you guys are actually fighting units. It's the same with, um. Yeah. The Queen's colour. A lot of people think that they just march around with fucking flashy rifles that make us look like cunts, but <laughs> you know, they actually they actually do a bit as well from time to time. Well, not not compared to some units, but you know.
1: No, um, I mean it, that's the common misperception with the guards that we're we are just all for show and glory, but it's not it's not the case. I mean there's lads that I've served with that are still serving now that have managed to miss Seven Company every time. So Seven Company is our ceremonial company. Yeah. Um, they're, on, they're on state ceremonials constantly and then obviously the battalions drop in and out as and when they're needed um, but with the new the way things are working out at the moment I think it's going to be left more to the state, to the ceremonial companies and the, the units will go away and do what they've got to do. Touchwood get some actual tours under their belts now because that's the problem. Well, with probably,
0: probably not now though unfortunately, well I say unfortunately well, but
1: Fortunately, the but two.
0: unfortunately, because you you joined the army because you want to do you want to do bits, you want to do tours, you want to get do some fucking action, be an action man as I wanted to be as a kid. That's why I joined the RAF Reg because you know we have to fucking uh, do five mile a death. I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you've been able to do that, but you know,
1: not at the moment. I wouldn't know
0: yeah, exactly. Not. So there's no gobbing off if you can't do it. So
1: <laughs>
0: but, I took the push bike. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I think it'll be a, a struggle for them to do, well, I'll say a struggle to get retention, but probably not, because they're now in that sort of period where there isn't Iraq and Afghanistan, a bit like the late sort of 90s when there wasn't Kosovo and yeah, all that sort of stuff. There was that, that period where the army could go and properly train And same with the Air Force. And then also do the fun stuff that you think that when you get get told at the recruitment office, oh, you get to go and see the world. Cool. I saw Iraq and Afghanistan. Cheers. Um, They get to go off and do... Like I was chatting earlier on a a podcast earlier. And he was like, oh, I spent loads of time out in Norway doing cold weather training and stuff like that. And I was like, I'd love to
1: have done that. So, yeah. Well, there is. I mean, we had... I didn't have a bad time I've I done a bit of time in Germany. Yeah, don't get me wrong I, I didn't have a bad time just to say by the way <laughs> uh, I, I, I think the problem is now is it's not so much. I think it's the policies that have been put in place for the blokes it's a lot harder and the women it's, it's a lot harder now to especially' you're in that sticky wicket guardsmen they're great they know their job they do their job fantastic. When you, go, when you start to step up, it's, it's that grey area now, isn't it? They, they don't know what they can and can't do, what they can and can't say anymore. It's, I mean, even when I was getting out, I was doing the recruiting side of it, and some of the courses you have to go on, like, what well, you have yeah. to be mindful of what you can and can't say. At the end of the day, we, we're the military, we, we're a little bit different to a normal job. and <laughs> yeah. we, 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 I, I literally, we, I, I generally did a whole yeah. episode on this,
0: like, yeah. when I when I first started, just talking to myself, and it was literally titled, We're Not Normal. Because yeah, because
1: we're not... We're, you can't be. I had it a few times in the recruiting office. So I, I won't name anyone, just because some of them probably didn't get through, but there was a few cases where they'd come in with their parents and they'd ask you, like, the most... Is there a chance that he's going to go abroad? I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want to talk down to you, but yes, he's in the fucking... He's joining the military. He's not joining the girl guides. He's joining a job whose potential job is to go abroad and fight foreign yeah, armies. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah. don't understand why you wouldn't think of that before you come to the recruiting office. That's pretty simple, and it's on the tin. You're joining as an infantry yeah. soldier, that's pretty much part that's, and parcel of the job. That's
0: where the government and and the, the headsheds of the armed forces, the MOD, need to get a grip, because they need to get rid of this woke society out of the military, because... The fucking potentially the enemy is not going to care about your fucking feelings. Exactly,
1: hundred percent. So,
0: why should the the instructors that are breaking you down to build you up
1: in the mold that we should be? Why should they give a fuck? But the Irish Guard, look at the Irish Guard sergeant that that sh- out at someone and made him crawl around the track plan because he had fucked up. He then went and said, "No, I was being abused." Obviously, it's all been thrown out now. He's been found not guilty. Yeah. But that will that that will still follow him around for the rest of his career. At some yeah. point, somewhere, when he sits down for his next promotional call, they're gonna go, "Oh yeah, yeah. but you did this fucking Catrick or wherever he was." Oh, fucking it. madness,
0: mate. A buddy, a buddy of mine, I won't name him. He was, um, I don't know if he still is or if he's not anymore, but he was an instructor on on basics, and he 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 called her a rec- uh, recruit a cunt. That was that was literally it. You're being a fucking cunt. Something along those lines. He got reported to Ofsted,
1: mate. Yes, so there you go. So, you, I mean, the MP, the MPCTs, I work with them and with Dave. Dave Facking's a great guy. MPCTs, I think, are fantastic. A lot of people flag them mm. off and say that they're, they're a waste of funding, but they're not because the soldiers that you get from them <coughs> have to go through training are usually a lot keener and a lot fitter than the generic yeah. ones coming through. But even now, I, I know a few times it never happened to me, thankfully, or the team that I worked with, but there was a few lads that had gone down and they said a few wayward comments. And then you'd hear him getting RTU'd back to units because officer had been, or someone had been informed. It's just like, if you're the parent of that kid and they'd come home and said, oh, a soldier called me a, a twat or something like that, you'd go, well, you probably was being a twat.
0: Yeah, my, my old uh, man would have gone, well, what did you do? And I would have gone, well, I did this. And you would probably gone,
1: well, you were being a cunt then, weren't you? But <laughs> Exactly. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's a very, it's a like, it's... It's like a hornet's You you say one wo- wrong word, and you, you, before you know it, you're, you're the worst person in the military. Yeah, because you've come someone to a When the, yeah, my my yeah. training was a bit of a mixture. So we
0: we still had quite hard hard nosed instructors that you didn't really want to get on the wrong side of. We had we had a lot of beastings. We had our fucking lockers turned upside down and fucking kit scr- like screwed up and thrown out. And what you, what you should be getting basically. Um, yeah. But we also had the like the color system. So if you were if you were shit for a fucking uh, a weapons handling test, you'd get a yellow. And Then you, yeah. so many of them, you'd then go on fucking flight commander's review and fucking shit like that. So it was sort of a mixture where you weren't getting fucking beaten up by your uh, instructors unless it was First. better training. But <laughs> you were you were get you were getting fucking grief. You were getting knife handed to death. And, yeah. And boots thrown at you. I had my
1: boots thrown at me. I can't, <laughs> I can't I can't remember it. Paul Bainesy, I loved this because he was my only structure. He used to love throwing my boats, boots off the wall, bless him.
0: It must have <laughs> been even worse for you guys. So obviously when you when you're a fully fledged guardsman and and you're going yeah. and you're doing your ceremonial duties,
1: obviously you must get inspected quite regularly. Uh, you, you do and you don't. So I mean, obviously that. It's a weird place to guys because everyone thinks that they're going to be massively anal. Some of them can be. Some of them can be absolute fucking bullbags. so like some some of my mates that have been watching this have been laughing because they're exactly what I'm talking about. It. There'd be certain guys where you think, "Fuck, I can't believe these inspectors that were fucks." Yeah. And look, we use all the trick of the trade. So I I used to love clearing my boots. I'd get my boots to an absolute fantastic level and then clear them, and that was then done for three four weeks. When I was a senior guardsman, I'd, I'd do the mount. I'd walk into St James's Palace guardroom. take my boots off, not see him again for 48 hours, put them back on and march back down the mall to do the dismount. And that was me done 48 hours off, 40 hours off. It was the easiest life in the world. Mm-hmm. Tower of London was even easier as, as a senior guardman. You'd go you'd do the mount, <coughs> fuck off the Tower of London, sit there for 48 hours and come back with kits and cakes. It was great. Um <laughs> but then there was other blokes that would, would trust you and go, Yeah, we we trust these blokes. It, it, but at the end of the day. It's it's more about the the bloke or the individual himself. I used to like looking smart in my uniform because it made you feel so. Especially when you're doing state ceremonials, whenever you put that tunic on, you should want to look smart. Grey coat was great because it's really easy to do. You don't have to do your boot and your belts. Yeah, yeah. If you're in tunic, obviously it takes a little bit more time. If you got medals, so the more medals you get, the more the pain in the ass it gets. So
0: more alley you are though.
1: So. Oh, yeah. It's, it's always good to have a couple of... These, it's, uh, it's quite medals.
0: funny looking at them now, because there's obviously only a handful that have got medals now, apart from the Bucksheet oh, yeah. Jubilee medal. So, it, well, cheers there's... for that. Cheers for your <laughs> fucking chocolate medal. Fuck
1: off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I've i only got two tour medals and two Jubilees. So I didn't give a long search. So it looks good, looks good. Yeah, for obvious reasons. <laughs> um. So... It, it is what it is, isn't it? I mean, I've got we're in the same time frame. We have got a record medals. I, I chose a different path. I obviously chose sport over yeah. the military. So wherever I, wherever That's I could, forward. I was on a rugby pitch. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, I I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, the last from two thousand and sixteen to two thousand and twenty one, I was living the life that everyone in the army wanted. I wasn't yeah. even on the army. The, those who fucking so, go off about back. tracksuit
0: soldiers need to get a grip because anybody, if you were any good at yeah. sport, you would do it. Like I tried, my fucking yeah, hardest, I, mean, I, but I
1: didn't it, even make the army team, but I still managed to get out of work. So yeah, it's, every, every it's, time it's, I was, like, yeah, every time I was getting
0: close to um getting really into a, a sport that I was good at, whether it was, even though I'm only a fucking midget, whether it was basketball, football, rugby. Um, even down to boxing any time I was getting close to getting like station level and then maybe regiment level yeah by the way you're getting ready for pre-deployment Ah, oh, fucking fuck's sake I
1: Cheers think, I think me, rejo- me rejoining back in 2016 was probably the right time because we'd we'd come off our last few uh, rotations we weren't doing it much tours. we had a few Belize and uh, Kenyas coming up I managed to swerve then I managed to get myself back to Seven Company in London which yeah, was an absolute good Was uh, no, Woolwich? No, so we'd gone back. We were in Woolwich from... So Chelsea got knocked down end of 2007. We were based in Woolwich from 2008 and then about six months before Lee Rigby was... No, was, gonna, we'd, we'd, was... Yeah, we'd gone back to... Um, we'd gone back to Chelsea Barracks, which is where oh. we all are now. So you got seven company coaching guys, and I'm Grenadier Guards and then F Company Scott Guards at the moment that are based there. And obviously there, there's talk that there's going to be another two uh, regiments put in another two companies from the Welsh and the Irish. But that, was all, that was always happening. Oh, I've left now. I don't know if that's still the case. It might have changed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Westminster, what place to be based? It was it, fantastic. Yeah. I don't think was up. <laughs> um, so it was fine for me. I, I, I used to eat drink and cooking, and cleaning the, uh, and cooking the accommodation, which was fantastic. You, you can't, yeah, bet anything better than innit? I mean. You got, it, you, it, got a de- you got, a de- you got a decent naffy there or not? Or did you have uh, to go out for your beers? The naffy's all right, but I mean, there's a pub right outside camp. You literally walk out of camp, you've got a Buckingham, walk two, two, two minutes up the road, you've got the old star and the Adam and Eve. So yeah. you're, you're in London. Give you a discount or not? Uh, they used to. Yeah, I don't know if they do no more. I think I think a certain <laughs> lad that'll be watching this fucked it up for us. I won't name him. Name him Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Motherfuckers,
0: motherfuckers. Yeah. That was that but, was um, a that was a strange time, wasn't it? With with the what happened with Lee Rigby
1: down at Woolwich. Yeah, so I'd I, I was out, so I'd got out, what, end of twenty twelve. Yeah. No, beginning of 2012 and obviously that just happened. So I was on my I think I was on my research. leave. I remember sitting there watching it on telly thinking, fuck, I know that place. Yeah. And I was like, No, I really know that place. Why do I know that? And obviously, I turned the news up. I was like, Fuck, that's Woolwich. that's Woolwich Arsenal. That's the barracks. And then it clicked what had gone on. I was like, geez, to be fair, when we were based out it wasn't it wasn't a place you felt unsafe, although it was really yeah. bad. There's about three different gangs there. So you, you had a Nigerian gang called the Cherry Boys that used to live to the left of camp. Then you had the Asian gangs that were prominent at giving soldiers a bit of abuse when we went out. And then you had another, like uh, an Eastern European gang. But they never really come near camp. Yeah. Um, so we mad. never really... We, I mean, we had, I think, Cutler Grenadier Lads had their car hijacked at the traffic lights. But, I mean, you're in, you're in London, you expect yeah. that anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was a crazy guy that kept coming past camp and was threatening to shoot the soldiers on the front gate, and you get that most places. But there was nothing really to say that he was dangerous, obviously. And then what happened to Lee was horrendous. It's, I mean, he's never, never been seen on the streets of London before, and hopefully it will never be seen again. Yeah,
0: fingers crossed. That was fucking...
1: But, I mean, it could happen anyway. It could happen at Wellington Barracks. I mean, Wellington Barracks is it, one of the biggest barracks the well-known barracks, not biggest, but one of the most well-known barracks in the UK at the moment because, obviously, everyone knows who lives there and who marches out there every day.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but then, we'll see we, we are quite well-policed around there. I don't know if you've ever been there. There's, there's poli- You're always seeing police. There's police everywhere. Uh, it's probably one of the most police parts of London. Um. So, if you ever need a police officer, you know where to go. It's yeah, got up there. there. It's got there. So, so, don't go anywhere else, though. But, I mean, yeah, it is... It's it's a nice place. I used to take the girls there. We loved it. So I had a nice room on the seventh floor. It's like a massive, huge room. We used to we used to treat it like a little hotel. I'd take them up there for the weekend and spend all the weekend there when the girls cost me a fortune and send them back home to their mum. <laughs> in their pockets full of sweets. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's what, yeah, that's what you want. Um but no, yeah. It's uh that's probably one of the biggest things I miss about the military at the moment is is that freedom to have London on your doorstep. Now, obviously, I'm here, back in Essex where I live, and then I've actually got to work for a living now. I, I can't remember the last time in the military I worked past two o'clock. I'm doing 17-hour yeah. days. days at the moment. They're, they're killing me. Um, I bet mate. I bet. But that's the risk you've got to take when you when you try to start your own little company, isn't it? So you, you you've got you've got to be there, you've got to do the hours, you've got to put the work in because nobody else is gonna do it for you. No, exactly, mate. Um, but touch with we seem to be growing slowly.
0: But that's what that's what that's no. what it takes sometimes, you know. You gotta put that if you don't put the effort in, then you can't expect yeah. miracles, you know. Everybody's exactly. work, everybody's gotta work hard. Like mm. I I find when it comes down to like the podcast, if I don't put any effort in, and I just send a couple of emails every now and then to try and get a guest on, then it just, it just, nothing will happen. So I have to literally go through, who do I fancy on, basically? Who who would, who fits my narrative? Who would I, who do I think would have a good rapport with? And if, if people aren't ticking those boxes, then the the podcast ends up really fucking dog shit. (laughs) You see it just, you see it go, yeah,
1: yeah, well, mate,
0: I I've had one. I'll I'll uh I'll message you after this who who it was. He's um <laughs> he's a former SFSG Marine who is now uh or was a cage fighter. Um, that's all I was saying. I'll send you who he, who he was. But I got so many people telling me, oh fucking what have I done here? Yeah, get him on. He'll be really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got him on, mate, and never been so bored trying to talk to someone in my life and I was like why is this so difficult He's, he wasn't yeah. even giving me banter about being in the RAF Reg and I was like I
1: expect yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> especially from a marine we're supposed to be part of the big three for fuck's sake
1: <laughs> top, I was yeah. waiting for
0: him to go what the fuck are you doing here where's your five top mile top but it was nothing it was nothing no back and forth and then like towards the end of it he literally just came out with me and went are we going to talk about mindset or what and I was like, "That's a bit fucking rude." <laughs> like, yeah. like if you've if you've ever listened to the podcast, it's it's more like a fucking chat in the pub. Like, yeah, it's a, it's to it's to talk about people's experiences, I suppose. Yeah, and, and it, it's think. wherever the conversation. Oh, fucking kick yeah. the fucking thing! Let me knock that back. It's it's wherever the conversation goes. Like, if we're, we're at the minute we're talking about our experiences within the military, but you know we could be talking about fucking any sort of conspiracy theory or football yeah. rugby like we could talk about <laughs> rugby in a minute obviously because obviously the the games <laughs> happening on the fucking weekend isn't it
1: but I mean, at the moment it's happening yeah let's see what happens with that one so I exactly mean... like but there was none of that
0: it was like at the time we just got the um the go ahead for the charity football match against spurs so I was excited about that, um, and we were chatting away with me and my brother. This guy was an hour late, by the way, to the podcast. Shocking. Um, And that annoyed me anyway, because fucking anal with time. Um, But anyway, and he, he he clocked on. He looked grumpy as it was. And I was like trying to, it was like getting blood out of a stone. And I was like, even down to, have you when you played or when you go through your training camps or anything like that, do you have any superstitions? I was like... For me, I have to wear like something on my left wrist for for whatever reason. I just have to do yeah. it. My brother was like, I have to do it, like my right side of the body first, so it would be like my right shin pad, my right sock, yeah, my right boot, blah blah, blah. And he was like, Have you got anything? He went, No, nah, I don't believe in anything like
1: that. <laughs> so I like, really felt that. I
0: was like, All right, this is a this is a cool, cool conversation. My brother left. He pretended like his um signal went, but he he just left. He just left the chat. Gone. <laughs> cheers, for, cheers for leaving me. <laughs>
1: That's what you want. That's what you need.
0: But yeah, that, if we get if we quickly step on to the uh, the rugby for the weekend. So, what yeah. was that all about? Was it? Was
1: it contracts or pay or something? I don't know. I believe so. I've been led to believe it's something to do with their. They're, they're not agreeing with what they're being paid in their contracts. I mean, rugby's one of them worlds where it's a very. I mean. I never I never reached that sort of heights where I was being paid the big numbers, but um it, it's one of them where it's not like football where you can be paid millions a week to to kick a ball. They, they have to there's a certain level they have to earn, and the rest has to be put through the books and sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. So Saracen, obviously Saracens were the most famous one. They they were paying blokes like through shadow companies, so like Tonka coffee and and things like that, which <laughs> never they never, never actually existed, uh, but that's how they were getting their extra money. Um, and I think what what Wales are saying is we deserve more for what we do, which they do. You think about it, rugby rugby players' careers are very short. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you look at James Haskell; he's he's still only his early thirty or middle thirties, but he's now fully retired and never played a game again due to a toe injury. Um. You've got George North, obviously, with all his concussions. Well, my, my brain's fried from playing rugby. He's scrambled because of it. The amount of concussions that you get in a game is ridiculous. And oh yeah, yeah. You yeah. don't. You never tell anyone. You just try and crack on. It's a bit like being in the military, I suppose. You you try and crack on until you physically can't. Um, and that's the problem. I think that's what they're saying that they need. There needs to be somebody in place for these players that. Are, in their in their later years or, or their, their twilight years, what are they going to do when they leave? Because they're they're so young. That yeah. They, and, do they go get? Do they go get? a, a normal job. Could you exactly, get a normal job? In a a normal.
0: Rugby, huh? Yeah, not all of them are going to become rugby pundits or rugby
1: coaches or. Exactly. Like that. So it, 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 I suppose it's a bit like the military, isn't it? You, you leave the military, and unless you're well qualified when you when you're in the military, you, you're sound uh, unless you've got a plan when you leave. If you're one of them guys that's a bit like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Before you know it, you, you're fucked. Yeah, you, you're yeah. sitting in your front, you're sitting in your front room thinking, fuck, where's the next bit of money coming from? Whilst drinking shots of vodka and and whiskey, trying to numb out the pain and thinking, fuck, I failed. Uh, I know a few blokes that are struggling right now. I mean, I, I won't name them because they, they wouldn't appreciate. Yeah, yeah. But there's, there's there's one lad that. He rings me regularly and he's always like, fucking what am I going to do? And I'm like, mate, I, I can't help you. i go back to the army. But then the British Legion, I don't want to say too much because I've got something i going with them at the moment. We, we're, we're at loggerheads. But they've been absolutely useless uh, for me. I, I, I,
0: I can—I I concur with that as well.
1: Yeah. Um, I, went to, I went to them with a problem. I, yep. I had a solution to the problem. I didn't even want anything from them. I just needed advice, legal advice. And they they revved me off for months and months, and in the end, I had to I had to go somewhere else to get the legal advice. Yeah, and um, and then I, I messaged them and told them what had, what had gone on, and then the bloke was like, "Well, you solved it. What's your problem?" <laughs> so, that, that's yeah. not the answer. It's mate. Madness, that's that's mate. probably the worst so, answer you can give me. I,
0: I had a I had a simple. Well, not not in terms of legal stuff, but um, with the uh, big air force charity, I won't name them. And the uh, the one you just mentioned won't name him. Yeah, right so <laughs> <out. laughs> um, <little> basically, <laughs> when when I was really at my lowest and my um my depression was really fucking getting to me, and um the PTSD was sort of at the forefront, and I didn't really know what to do. Is when I first yeah. started the sort of the podcast, and I let them know. I was like, look, I've got this sort of problem. I have an outlet for it, and I think. I think it's something that can really help a lot of veterans. Um, mm-hmm. I was basically asking for a bit of advice and maybe some sort of, I may maybe like a like a little sponsor or something like that that can help push yeah. me through something
1: to give you a kickstart.
0: And um, I basically from both of them, I got uh, assigned a caseworker. Mm. Um, it's now coming up to the podcast four year anniversary on. March fourth, um this caseworker yeah. still hasn't arrived. So
1: <laughs> So fantastic help from Yeah from a really a good help, territory. really good help. And the funny yeah.
0: thing is, right, so I've seen a load of jobs pop up on um Royal British Legion. Yeah. Uh, I've applied for probably ninety percent of these jobs that have popped up. Some of them are fundraising things, some of them are um just like caseworker type stuff. Yeah, each one. Yeah sorry, your application has been denied and things like that. I'm like, all oh, right, right, cool. Um, in my head, it's like, what what better than having a veteran that has been through what I've been through and come out the other side and could possibly give advice to these people or yeah. speak to these other companies that then sponsor the likes of the British Legion and things like that. And, but no, they they don't want that. They want fucking some other cunt But we live and learn,
1: don't we? We live and learn. And that's the problem. But the, the, the problem with it is when you're leaving. So obviously obviously I don't know if you got medically discharged when I when I went for my nah. so I went for my first initial meeting and I got told I was going for a medical with the med board because I'd been downgrading for so long. So at no point was I informed that there was a there was a higher possibility I was getting discharged. Yeah. So I turned up in PT kit thinking I'm going for a medical. They're going to want to see me in PT kit. So I've rocked up to a meeting in a pair of shorts, a T-shirt and a cap and a pair of trainers. And I've walked in and there's four full colonels, a couple of half colonels, and a couple of sub-major It was my uh, legal advisor. And she was like, uh, where have you come from? I was like, well, London. She was like, no, but where have you come from? I was like, London. She was like, why are you in PT kit? I was like, it's a medical, right? She was like, no, this is a med board. Was you not informed? I was like, "Was I fuck? I'm in, in PT kit. <laughs> do you think I would have turned up in PT kit <laughs> yeah. if you had told me it was a med board? <laughs> she went, you're about to walk into a room with four curdles with and two half curdles. And I was like, would well, you not think I should have been informed about this? She went, we, 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 did, we did tell them to tell you. I was like, no one's fucking told me. <laughs> so their face was great when I walked in in PT kit. But yeah. then, on the flip side, they got to see the actual damage to the knee, so I suppose it was it was a win-win situation for me. Yeah. Um, but then to sit down and be told, oh, by the way, this is about you getting medically discharged, I was a bit like, I was like, whoa, stop. like, Put the brakes hey. on. Hold on for a second. What do you mean I'm getting medically discharged? And she was like, well, you've been downgraded for three years. I was like, yeah, I know. I'm the one.
0: Hello! You're at the adverts, so don't turn off. Don't turn off, because I've got some good stuff for you. First up, going to talk about our sponsors kent cbd is our first sponsor now cbd oil as you know has tremendous benefits especially within mental health and physical health personally i use it to help with my anxiety and my depression but not only that i also use it to help with the aches and pains of life in my joints especially my ankles and my knees um but yeah, without CBD oil, I would have still been on my antidepressant tablets, which I'm no longer on. So, you know, every cloud. And what we're going to do here at Granite Zero is we're going to give you 10% off everything from oil, muscle rub, jellies, bath salts, the lot. Yeah? Make sure you get in there. www.kentcbd.org, put in the promo code Granite Zero and get yourself 10% off. You are welcome. But also, If you're like me, and you love a nice cup of coffee. Now, for me, I only drink one coffee, and that's Green Beret coffee. Now, I don't only drink it because it's out of this world fucking coffee. Roast to order, grinded to whatever specific grind you want. But not only that, it's veteran-owned and veteran-run, which, you know, hits me right in the feels. So make sure you check it out, Green Beret Coffee. Get yourself a nice cup of coffee. I drink it dark, just like my soul. Incredible stuff, incredible stuff. And what I'm going to give for you, I'm going to give you 10% off. So once you get to the checkout, once you've got all your coffee, your products, your apparel, whatever you need, get to the checkout and put in the promo code GZPODCAST. Ten And get yourself 10% off, courtesy of the Granite Zero podcast. You are welcome. Now, that's enough of me talking
1: about this stuff. Back to the regular scheduled show.
0: Check it out! Um,
1: oh, sorry. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I was like, well, stop that, like, put the brakes on. What do you mean I'm getting MD'd? She was like, yeah, you've been downgraded. I was like, yeah, I get that. I, I know I've been downgraded, but I'm in a job which doesn't require me to be... Medically fit. I, I'm I'm doing recruitment. I'm doing good in recruitment. Uh, me and uh, um, I'll, I'll name him. I love it. I'll name dropping him. Cole New. We uh, we started a. We took over a unit called the DST Divisional Support Team, which is basically a household division recruitment team. And the idea was was to get away of this, get away from this the stigma of oh you're not combat troops, you're just ceremonial troops, you're not soldiers, you you're just guys in uniform. But we'd go around all the places like so. We we were going out into places that you wouldn't expect guardsmen to come from. So we were going to Barkin East Ham, all all of these really hard nosed areas, and 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 getting soldiers to join. And the numbers went through the roof. Then we met, we bumped into Dave Atkins and managed to get onto the MPCTs. And it was like an untapped, uh, okay. playground for us. We we were going in and we were getting all the guys that were undecided what they were going to do or thought that they were going to go Paras but wasn't quite fit enough and I'm going to get slatey for this but come yeah here, <laughs> if you can't pass prac we'll take you there's a back door into the Paras through the guards we've yeah, got yeah come,
0: come um, here come here come here so,
1: yeah. and it, it, it was great it was fantastic and for four years we absolutely killed the market at, at, to the point where we were getting recognized by the, to the top brass and then to be told no mate you're useless to us. Well, no, I'm clearly not because if you look at the numbers yeah, yeah. in London for the last four years where we've been recruiting, what, why are you endearing me? Oh, it's a new policy. Basically, it turns out because they've got to get rid of 10,000 blokes, I unfortunately, them 10,000 blokes, including myself. <laughs> so, a bit it of uh, make you redundant, I really out like the room. pay you for that. Yeah. I remember walking out the room thinking, fuck, like, what am I going to do next? So, yeah. I, had a, I had a few days and obviously, like... I'm, a, I'm, I'm a quite uh, an open person. I, my partner knows I, I've struggled with PTSD horrendously for years um, and it isn't through, I don't even think it's through anything that I see in Afghanistan and Iraq. I, I just think it's through some stuff that happened when I was away on the boats uh, and then a few things that just over your life that you, you hold against yourself. I've, I've seen a few horrendous things um, and uh, it just it, that was a real kick in the teeth for me. It sort of took the wind out of me and then to be told that the the that I wasn't gonna play rugby again was was the the final now in the coffin, so to speak, he sort of knocked me for six. And I remember sitting in my room in Windsor in, in Westminster with a big bottle of Jack Daniels just fucking like, do you know what, I'm just gonna neck this cunt and see what happens. yeah. Um, yeah. And that lasted for a good three, four weeks on and off. I can't exactly. tell you, he was getting, he was getting voice notes at half three in the morning of great recruiting ideas that I'd come up with, whilst absolutely smashed out my box. Uh, but they worked, so we yeah. we were still doing really well with the recruiting. Um,
0: and then, it's, um, yeah. it's a tr- it's a tricky one as well, isn't it? Because these people yeah. that sit on these on these boards, they. They don't understand that this is your life at times. Yeah, exactly. Because to yeah, them, sure. and I've said this a, f- a few times, and I think I've, I've, I've said it so, if, to some other people that, you know, to a lot of people, you're just a, a name and a number, and mainly just a number. Yeah. So for them to get rid of that number, it doesn't mean anything. But, but for twice you. Everything. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. To, to you, that your number is your purpose your yeah. you you were a guardsman i was a fucking gunner that was yeah. that was my identity and when you've taken that away i volunteered to take mine away but it still fucking killed me like oh, or, or, or should i say nearly killed me um yeah. because that was my identity when when i first left i did i, I did my hardest to hold on to to everything i could like even down yeah. to t- I don't so much now. I tend to put if I'm going to put a, a sort of military picture up of myself, it tends to be me on remembrance with with my daughters with my medals, or me and my yeah. old man with his medals. It's it's yeah. I very rarely will post one of as like a profile picture of me serving. But previous to that, it was me in Afghanistan, me in Iraq, yeah, me on fucking exercise or something. And I, I remember once I had a lad. Uh, from back home, Bootsy. He's he he's a good lad. He's on the circuit now. Um, he's a good lad. He was a he was a fellow gunner, but he's he's a, I used to play football him uh, as a kid. Um, yeah. I remember him sending me like a a direct message just saying, Tomo you just got to let it go, mate." And I remember reading that, thinking, "Yeah,
1: I think that's a lot." I think the thing is, is I mean. <laughs> people are gonna people over over here that' be listening to this will understand I've got a real bugbear against not veterans that's that's the wrong word, but these veterans, especially the guards, I don't know what it's like with your lot, but in the guards, you get these veterans and they're absolute, they're like fucking Hitlers, and then the blokes that did two, three years minimum service got out, and all of a sudden they're now the best drillers, the best dress, the best yeah, soldier, you the see, ever. you see'. Him. It, and, and then they, they go, and then they say to us, oh, I really don't understand why the association numbers are down, why blokes don't want to come to see these association deals. Well, because yeah, yeah. you're pricks. Yeah, that's yeah. the reason. We don't want to come because we don't want to be sat there and be belittled for the next three hours about how it's easier in our day and fucking blah, blah, blah. When it isn't easier at all, it's just different. It's yeah, concurrent yeah. to today's, today's generation. It's not different. It's not easier. Yeah, yeah. You're talking to guys like myself and other soldiers that Have probably done more war fighting in their in their time in the military than you've ever seen in your whole career. Uh, but yet they're telling us that we had it easier. Oh yeah, Iraq wasn't a real war. No, it wasn't a real fucking war. I rolled my hands up, it wasn't. But we were still away from home in the fucking yeah. sandpit. Oh, yeah. she didn't do. It. And, and yeah. you're trying to tell me that I had an easier time because you run up the sand hills in fucking Perkright. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't the case. I,
0: I had a laugh with my um my uh, godfather. So very similar to my dad my he was a pji in the air force did did fucking forever in the air force i think he did i think he took commission in the end and ended up doing even fucking longer um but a bit like my dad my dad did 22 years he got a long service good conduct medal a jubilee medal in fact he's got two jubilee medals and two good service medals but they were for the um prison service as well so I always yeah. wind him up and say, your medal is a chocolate, dad. I don't know why you're talking to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> um, but I remember being at my wedding and my godfather came over to me and he saw my, because I had my two gongs on. Yeah. He came over and he went, oh, I should have worn my um, my dress uniform and I would have shown you my five or six or whatever he's got. And I went, "All oh, right, Which ones are they then? Your chocolate ones. And he was like, <laughs> what? And I went, these actually mean I've done something where yours are, Oh yeah, you you yours have just been because you've been a good boy for eight yeah. years or whatever it is.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get me wrong, like obviously they've all served, they've all done their time. Oh yeah, just, that's
0: that what my... that I I have to reiterate that is banter that I do with my old man because yeah. to be fair to my dad, he did twenty two years in the air force and then he did twenty years in the prison service. So,
1: so he, did, he did his first four, year. Forty-two
0: <laughs> years of service to the Queen.
1: I was like, fair, fair play. Like so, you know, he, he's done his time. He's done his time. But uh, I, mean, like, I mean, that's 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 my my only bugbear with, with certain veterans. There's there's like myself. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm only new to it again, the second time round. But I think apart from wearing the odd T-shirt, it gets sent to me and, and, and the caps, etc. I don't. Wear, I wouldn't go out in a regimental t-shirt. I wouldn't. I wouldn't wear anything. Mine um, don't even you know, fit me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're still fitting at the moment. There's there's a bit of, there's a bit of tightness. Um, no, but, but I, I, mean... I get I get your point. I I will re- wear um
0: like I'm wearing now, red coat. Um yeah. I'll wear I'll wear veteran company stuff because let's face it, I I like I like fucking. I still, I still associate myself as a veteran and the veteran community, yeah. as toxic as it can be in certain places. If you know the right people, they're they're fucking they're top blokes. Like um, Smudger oh. from Redcoat is one of the nicest blokes. I, he's yeah. one of the nicest blokes I have never actually met. <laughs> <laughs> like me. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but I, I'm starting to create these sort of networks and yeah. fucking sound blokes like. Like smudger is fucking class. He messages me every now and then. He's like, How are you doing? I'm like, Yeah, I'm all right. He's like, the podcast's good. i always I always go, Yeah, it's going good. Cheers. I wanna put when you fucking listen and find out. Yeah, stop, stop <laughs> get me. my listen fucking numbers it. up, will you? Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so let's just hope we get some numbers for this one. I'll probably get some bad back for this one, which I'm ah, expecting. Good. good. I'm all um, I'm all for it. I'm all for it.
0: So one one of the one of the reasons why we've sort of connected. Apart from yes. our mutual friend Dan Shipper, which I don't even think he connected us, but I think that was nah. just me and you just chatting. Just happened to know yeah. someone who knows each other. Um, but obviously, you've got the the new venture, your business.
1: That's sort of yeah. So, so, so I started my own. Uh, so whilst on gardening leave, I got some permission. And I went off and started doing some CP. Um, it was, I mean, without trying to sound like a twat, man, my myself. I, I'm six foot five and, and twenty two stone. To try and keep myself in shape, there was always going to be a market for someone of my stature in this sort of industry. Um, I fell straight on my feet. I, managed to, I met a guy that I knew from years ago. Um, I won't name him because he does, he, he's, yeah, he yeah. does a lot with rich, rich and famous. he he come to me, actually, weird enough, I was picking my daughter up from school and uh, he went, Are you at the military? I said, I was saying it to him, He went, When do you want to start? and I went, Pardon he went, when do you want to start for work? and I said, Well as soon as possible. It's, it's like, right, As your distancing date? I said, yeah, it's all done. It's right. Like, you're going to come and work for me for a family, some Indian family, based up in Slough. So I did 64 days with them uh, on a rotation. And whilst I was there, I was listening to a lot of the lads. And they were all saying that they had their own little companies and they do sub work here and there. And I thought, you know what? There's a market here, but it's not being hit properly. Um, yeah. So I thought, I'm going to start my own business. Bumped into a guy called Paul Clark. They run another company called Limit X Sex Paralad. We put our heads together and we said, look, there's there's a way, there's a market here. You're really good at the business side, obviously, Paul, uh, and I'm really good at the selling side. He went, so let's, let's try and link in. So that's what we did. Uh, and then I sat down with Paul and I said to him a few weeks, obviously, I work for Paul directly now. So he's my governor. um, And I I work for a family in Essex at the moment as their sole PPO. So this this is what I do. So I'm I'm their sole bodyguard. I'm actually at work now. I'm on call. So if I have to go, I have to go. But (laughs) thankfully, we haven't had a call yet. Um, And I said to him, look, we need to the the CP circuit is a very it's it's one of them. it's It's a minefield. Yep. for people getting into it. Once you're in it, it's fine. Once you know what you're doing and where you're going and sort of what direction you want to go in, whether you want to go hostile, you want to go corporate, you want to do UK-based or you want to go on the boat, it's an industry that once you've got an idea, out, it's great. And that there is some money to be made. I mean, there's, there's some really good contracts out at the moment if you if you, if you bother your ass. But the problem is is they want experience or they want tools and they want you to do this and this and this. And and before you know it, your mind's imploding. You're thinking, fuck, I'm never going to get a job because I haven't got this or I haven't got that. So what we're trying to do is, and I I don't want people... We're probably going to get an influx of veterans, which is great, and that's what we want. Obviously, there's going to be jobs where we send away... We're we're asked for a CV, a full-body photo, not because we want to wank over them in our spare time. Maybe, sometimes depends but we send them to the client the client will then look at you and if the client say for example you've got a wealthy family in london are they going to want you to have combat experience probably not are they going to want you to be fully qualified and good at your job and look smart in a suit yeah so there's an opportunity for someone whereas some companies will say you can't work for us unless you've got operational experience well the next 10 years of generations of soldiers leaving you're not going to get that so, yeah, and, exactly. and the soldiers that have got operational experience are going to be either are going to be aging. I mean, I'm 37 now, fucking old. When bro. I hit yeah, exactly. When I hit 45, 50, 50, who's going to want a 50 year old fucking fat like, six it's or it's five? Days and looking it's after. Very them. similar, like. So
0: my old man is actually quite lucky with um, the company that he works for. He just does um, RST now, but yeah, my old man's 72 years old. He's, ve- he's very, very good at his job, don't get me wrong, with the yeah. experience that he's got and through the prison service and through, because he was attached to uh, the No Eyes down down in Hereford um, yeah. for a number of years, teaching them how to parachute. So he did learn a lot in the security industry. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's lucky that he's got the RST job where he's quite cushy. He's very good at creating databases and, yeah. and fucking stuff like that. So all that admin side, Spot on. But at the end of the and, day, and
1: he's, his hours are set in stone as well. So yeah, but at the end of the day,
0: to. he's travelling from Hereford down to London every yeah. other week. It's like, Dad, you're seventy you're seventy-two years old. You need to f- yeah, there, Retire, got, will there, you? You can't.
1: There's got to be a shut off. Lever I, I think I think with him on. I think with him, he hasn't
0: bless him, he hasn't got much else to do with it with himself now. So, yeah. me and my brother are obviously... My brother's almost 40. I'm 36 next month. He's split up with my mum. So, he lives with my brother. He doesn't want to spend that much time in my brother's house. Yeah.
1: So, so he's like, well, I might, as well, I might as
0: well be at work. You yeah.
1: know what I mean? And I suppose um,
0: he's got a routine once he gets there as well. So, I mean, yeah. you get into oh, he, he loves a routine, mate. He's so OCD. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually but think is- he's on a spectrum, mate. Genuinely.
1: <laughs> we all are. Every single person is. No matter what you say, you've all got your ticks. Mine's my offer to watch. You probably, if you watch this video, but you'll see. It, I'll keep checking my time. I've done it all my life. Uh, always check the time. People think it's rude. I don't know why I do it. I just, I'll do it. I'm gonna it do it now. You're, fucking bored, but you're like fucking. You still talking, you cunt? <laughs> like this guy still going. <laughs> but on the flip side, like with the CP, I think a lot of. A lot of lads that are getting out. To, I've had a few phone calls, and they go, "Oh yeah, your life looks great. I see you driving around in this expensive boat." Trust me, it's not. It's a fucking slog. but all like there, 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 there's especially, there's a, especially, especially
0: I, with CP because a lot of these people think it's fucking Gucci life and that you're yeah. you're you're on call whenever the principal wants you to fucking. If they're going 100%. out on the piss, you're going out on the piss, mate.
1: But you're yeah, not on, on the team. piss. Yeah. You're fucking
0: yeah. watching. And, if, and then if, they, if, they're, if they're taking a random trip up fucking north for no reason, you're like, well, now I'm going to have to plan a whole fucking route. Yep. It's an absolute... Because and,
1: and I'm a sole PPO, so I've got nobody else with me. I'm all on my own. So yeah. he, he he's only got me. So if he wants to go for a McDonald's, but he doesn't want to drive himself, guess who's got to drive all the way to work to get him? Yes, this guy. Uh <laughs> so You could just it, pick it up. <laughs> Because he wants to go and sit in there. and he, his, <laughs> his usual one, his best one, is he owns a restaurant in Chelmsford. Um, I won't name it because I don't want to start fucking getting people free publicity, but he owns a restaurant in Chelmsford. And it'll be like, Luke, I want this. And it's like, you're closer to Chelmsford than I am. I've I've now got to drive 25 minutes to your house then another 35 minutes, it'd be a lot. No, but you're going. Oh, come on, I'm going.
0: Yeah, but so... you, <laughs> Luke, mate, let, let's face it, mate. If if we're playing rock paper rank, yeah, you're going to get it, mate. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> just remember who pays your wages. oh, Okay, I'm I'm on my way. <laughs>
0: yeah, can, but yeah, I mean, can, can I get myself a happy meal on the way as well? Otherwise,
1: yeah, I mean the the, the plan for me and Paul is in the future is that we want to. So Paul's a member of the Armed Forces Covenant as well, which is fantastic. So his company's we managed to well he he managed to get all that sorted. So there's there's yep. a give back straight away, um, and it's just it's one of them things where if you're a good bloke and and you got your head screwed on and you sort of got a direction where you want to go and you know that you want to be in the CP industry, then then why not have a look at what we've got to offer? We can't guarantee you yeah. work. People that people companies that tell you that they can guarantee you work they can't there's no guarantee in this industry because you might we we you might send someone to a job and if the client doesn't like them, they don't like them. they're not going to keep them. there's no contract no, no, there's, no, no, you're there's right. no legal
0: and it's like like you said when once you're in yeah the circuit then you're in the circuit but it's yeah. breaking it's breaking in and yeah. getting your it, name it, out it's there it's one of, it's it, one it, of it, the it,
1: hardest industries to get
0: into yeah, definitely yeah. and 100% and and like you said it's <laughs> We want them young, but we also want forty years experience. It's like, well, that's not going to yeah. happen, mate.
1: It is it, so. I remember doing it. I remember when I went on the boat. So I, again, I got quite lucky. I, I went out as a as a as a uh, what they call an MSO, Maritime Security Officer. In my first transit on a on the drive. I always remember. You always. It's you like your first your first battle. I always remember the drive my home was the worst vessel. I Could have physically got on. It wasn't even a boat, it was a fucking tongue. It was tiny. It was like 77 meters. In just based out of Djibouti. So we were literally sat just on the edge of the HRA. So we wasn't getting HRA pay. We were getting we had to stag on. <laughs> we sat there, we sat there for nearly two months. <clears throat> and then the team leader I had was like, I've had enough of this. I'm fucking off back to the UK. And I thought, Do you know what? I'm gonna shoot my shot. So I phoned the company, I was like. Don't send a new team leader out, leave me in place. I've been here two months, I know the vessel. We're not moving. Probably the worst words I could have said, we're not moving anywhere, it's easy. Literally, (laughs) two days after the changeover, captain calls me up to the bridge and he's like, we're going to the Red Sea. I was like, great, that means I'm gonna get more money. There's only one problem. What's that problem? We've only got one engine, so we can only go five knots. And I was like, OK, in a tugboat with no, vest- no sides on it, carrying all the world food programmes for Yemen. And we're going to be going <laughs> for not. He's like, yeah, like, oh, this is how I die. So this is it. This, <laughs> oh, no, this, this, is, this is, it. is how I go. Yeah, this is it. So I, I had a young lad called Stuart Cobb, who was his first transit, and, and a Gurkha lad uh, called fucking I, I can never remember his name. Forgive me if you're watching this. Um, I think I used to call him Bin. Anyway, they were great lads. Stuart was a great lad. I think he was PWRs. He was a really good lad and Bim was obviously Gurkha, so good good well trained lads. So we're we're going through the we're going through the hall of Africa, just about to go around to get to the Red Sea. And then nothing, complete darkness. And I was like, Okay, this is pitch black, no lights, no running lights, no nothing, no generators, no power. So now we're sitting on this
0: no seventy seven meter time.
1: no nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. And I said to the captain, how dangerous is this? He went, well, we've got no radar. Okay, great. Oh. So, got, so what does <laughs> that mean? He went, we can't see if anything's coming, either be pirate or vessels. We've got no running lights, so nobody knows we're here. And he said, the radio's not working. Well, that's good. I love that. Okay, so this, is, this has just got even more interesting. So luckily, we, we found some headlights, and some cheers and flares. And then we managed to get, they managed to get the engine working again. And then we got sort of port of Jeddah the problem is, on the way to Jeddah, it, this, is, this is what I mean, it's unrightable, the captain has a heart attack. Right? For <laughs> <sake>. <laughs> so you, you could not write this, right? So you, you could not write it. So the captain has a heart attack. So then we go and mayday, mayday. we it, made it. We've managed to bring him back round. Um, we've done CPR on him. He, he, he's alive in, in aspect. So we're we calling him a made Day waiting for a naval ship. Of all the naval ships of all the armies of all the navies in the world, we could have got, we got the Iranian Navy. That's right. The Iranian Navy. Wow. So they've got on the vessel. There's three Brits, ex-Brit soldiers with firearms. You can imagine how that went. If there'd have been one number wrong on the fucking paperwork, I would not be sat here telling you this oh, story like that. You dead, mate. <laughs> you dead. It cost me. About seven morale patches and a flag. That's what we managed to. That was the bargaining kit for them to let us. And then and then they took the captain. The captain went off. He was flown back to it. So he was an Indian captain. He was flown back to India. Managed to get to Jeddah. So we got into Jeddah. And as we get into Jeddah, again, couldn't write it. There was a fucking airstrike. I as we as it. we were in <laughs> So by the Americans. And the Americans bombed the, the port and we were we were sat there as it was going on. So yeah. Nice. First transit as a as a TL was a really quiet one, and I'm so glad I joined that industry. Yeah,
0: um, you're selling yeah, it, you're selling it. I
1: mean, it. so if any of you, any of the uh, lads that are leaving the military or, or females now that want to leave the military, feel free to jump on the boats. They're great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, I think you know, if if you're this is just my opinion now, it's not fucking set in stone, obviously, but if you're um. You're a single chap. You ain't got kids or responsibilities.
1: Fucking jump on it. Get amongst it. I mean, I don't. I don't know what the money's like now. I, I've not looked into it for a while, but I know the arse drops out of it massively. Um, you yeah. worked so we used to get we used to get paid regardless of where we were. Hotels were paid for, food and accommodation. We had a villa in South Africa, a villa in Sri Lanka, and then hotels if you were in anywhere around the Red Sea. Um, it was great. It was like fucking Playboy lifestyle. Um, it was fantastic, yeah. fucking first class, business class everywhere, um, flying across the country. Then it started going down to economy on, on fucking King Airways, and it was a bit like, well, right, this is a bit different. <laughs> <And> <laughs> this playing, is great. I'm not sure if this will land. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and then you were getting left on these floating fucking armies that were basically shitholes at the sea, that, that that boats that should have been decommissioned 20 years ago that you're now living on, but food was fucking... Worse than what's the Dexo? Actually, to be fair, the Dexo is probably worse. So no, the food was all right. Sticks are fucking useless. Exactly, um, yeah. But you'd spend like ten to fourteen days sitting on one of them, waiting for a new vessel to come through. and You'd be like, that's when I thought. I remember sitting there one Christmas, no comms home, no Wi Fi, no nothing. The Wi Fi had gone down. And I thought, yeah, it's good money, but is it worth it? Is <laughs> there's there's that very fine line in there where money's great, but is it worth it? Yeah, and it, yeah. I remember, I remember, I contacted now Captain Murrell, who, who who was a company site major at the time, uh, and I remember contacting him saying, "Danny, I fucked up. I want to come. I want to basically, I said, I want to come home." And he was like, "Listen, you, there's no issue with you coming back, mate. Get as soon as you get back UK side, so just talk." And I remember getting on the train to Windsor um, to go and see him, and it was a done deal there and then. Signed a bit of paperwork. Yeah, yeah. Sent off, and before I knew it, I was back in fucking Green Rig and while up and down Chelsea uh, Westminster Parade Square for a few months. So, it, it, there's always a way back. People say, Oh, yeah, you've, I had a few negative comments. Oh, you must have failed. You come back. I didn't fail, mate. I, I went away. I made some money. I didn't like yeah. it. I come back to where I felt comfortable. Yeah. And, and um,
0: like like we said earlier, like, yeah, it's it's what you
1: know, and, and... yeah.
0: Hundred fucking... percent.
1: I've lived it since I was a child. So I, I, yeah. I, I, was, I was seventeen when I joined. I was only a kid, um, uh, and very grew up very quickly within the regiment. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world, so to speak. Nah. but maybe. And, and maybe you are least... literally case in
0: point to what a lot of people, a lot of people I know, have always said. It's like you'll get asked the question, "Would you do it again?" Yes, I would. In a heartbeat. 100%. And you, and you fucking did it. So
1: yeah. you I went out. You, I you did prison change
0: regiments. Yeah, you did your time. You came out. Yeah. You did a bit of security work. Had it. Didn't really like it at that moment. Decided you fancy doing another go, and you
1: had another go. So, yeah. back it, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Why not go back and? I mean, the the grass is definitely obviously. I'm 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 touch wood. I'm doing well this time round, and. We're in a more settled situation family-wise. We're, we're obviously, I've got two little girls now, which um, so it's nice to spend a bit more time with them. I've got I've got a steady income, um, but I didn't have that the first time I left, I, and it took yeah. a while to get what I wanted. Um, obviously, I, I bounced around a few jobs. I worked at Canary Wolf for a little bit, doing a bit of corporate security, which if you're into that sort of world, fantastic. But fucking what an arsehole world that is. Yeah. Um, you're the you lowest and the lowest
0: of them guys. The cleaners getting better treated than you do. Yeah, you, well, you just, yeah. oh, I guess now, with the with where I am, like I'm, yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting to the point where I'm getting a bit sick to death of, like they're they're treating well me and my officers a bit fucking shit. Yeah. I'm 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 the estate manager, but I'm also a fucking officer. It's a it's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm doing yeah. TV, I'm doing t beebers jobs and not really getting paid for it. I had a, yeah. I had a look today on just like security fucking jobs in london so i'm just outside i'm in kent Uh, yeah i looked and i was like there's security officers that are on a higher hourly rate in london than what i'm on and i'm supposed to be the fucking manager i was like yeah yeah. i was like this is a fucking joke and i've said i said it to my one up i've said it to the fucking client not that they're listening but you know (laughs) I've said it. I don't understand it anymore. Uh, uh, well, no, no, there's no fucks given, mate. When when it comes down to it, I've told him that this, this, the site that I work on technically is bigger than Canary Wharf.
1: Yeah,
0: it is is two hundred and eighty plus acres of land. With, to be fair, in in terms of building wise, probably not as many because obviously uh, you you yeah. you fucking loads in London, but there's like nearly 40 plus buildings that we look after and there's fucking three of us working
1: that's a, that's, a, that's a vast number of, of buildings and only I yeah. mean we so for, an, for a standard RST you're looking at what four or five blokes
0: yep and I've said this and... mate I said it from day one when I first got there as an officer I was like this site's too big and yeah. they're like wow it's it." Their, their excuse every time is well it's Kent it's it's not London. It's like nothing's going to
1: happen. <laughs>
0: I was like, yeah, but well, to be fair, now, not that it's a huge issue, but we've got a problem with a, a number of youths in the area. They're causing, they're doing a lot of vandalism. They're throwing eggs at the officers. They're fucking throwing eggs at our patrol vehicles. Stuff like that. It's just annoyances, really. Antisocial behavior. They're normal. There's no stabbings or anything. but yeah. But still, it takes. Both officers to deal with that, which then leaves all the other duties not being done or being pushed back. And then I get the tenants, then email me direct. And I'm like, You should be going through the client here, but whatever. Why are you
1: coming to me? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but they come to me. Why wasn't this unlocked at this time? And I'm like, Because of this incident. They're like, Oh, well, nobody's told us. I went, Well, they wouldn't because they're dealing with a fucking incident. Yeah, but I can't yeah. say that because when I'm when I'm myself, if I'm myself, I'd probably yeah. not have this job. But because <laughs> my 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 one up is always tells me he goes Tomo. Oh, well, he doesn't call me Tomo, but he goes he goes Tomo. You need to be a bit more pink and fluffy with your emails and things like that. And I'm like, well, if I'm directing to the point, then they'll understand that they what they're leave saying, me alone. Yeah. what they're saying to me is bollocks, and I don't want to hear it. Like we yeah. have this one client uh or one tenant who think they own the fucking whole area. Um and every time you, he's an email warrior. So he'll send me yeah. email after email after email and then I'll reply with one email saying, Do you fancy a face to face meeting or not? <laughs> and then that's and just, then
1: it's No, I don't
0: interested. I don't think a face to face warrants this sort of thing. Can it just not happen again? I'm like, well I can't guarantee it's not going to happen again. Yeah. I this, have uh, I have morons working for me at at times, uh, like cover yeah. guards that come in that don't know the site very well and stuff. I'm like, fucking, but that's work life, mate. Work life. Yeah, that's it.
1: That's that's the problem. We've actually having to work for living once you leave the military, isn't
0: it? So, yeah. That, um, don't get me wrong. That,
1: don't get me, me wrong. I'd love to. I'd love to like slot into a job where I'm
0: recruiting for security companies from yeah. from the military. I'd love to do something like that. Like just. Move people to places that they need to be in, but fucking hell! Sometimes oh, that's
1: the dream, is it? That's the dream for us. I think not so much recruit direct, but yeah, more opportunities for blokes that deserve it. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll we'll do a shameless plug there Sorry for do doing it. this tomorrow, but if you, if you any anyone that's going to listen to this, and hopefully there'll be a few. If you are looking or, or, or have done your course or want to do a course. Please reach out through my Instagram or look at the limitless website and we we'll try and point you in the right direction, like I said, we can't guarantee anyone work, nobody can, but what we can guarantee is we'll give you some time and help you along the way um and I've always oh. said that i always said I always said wherever I go in the world, whatever I do when I leave the military, be that rugby recruitment or or, or what I've done now, I'll always give back to the to the lads that deserve it and the ladies. Um and I'll, I'll, I'll rain them, I will i will will reign through on my promise. If anyone makes contact at the end of this, I mean my Instagram is private, but send me a message and I'll answer it. I'll get back to you. Um and I'll I'll point you in the right direction. We've got a great guy up in Catrick that runs all the courses, a bloke called uh, Brent Davies, fantastic company. They're helping the lads out, they're they're pushing through, telling them how to use their enhanced learning credits and what benefits they can to make it cheaper. So you only have to pay the minimum amount of money again. Exactly. exactly what yeah. i did yeah and then and then once you've done that course come to us with your license and we're trying to point you in the right direction and hopefully if we have got something that needs someone with a bit of more experience we we can jump you on a job and as long as you're you're willing to listen and learn on the job then you, exactly you're, you're going to be golden and, and that's that's pretty much what we offer i mean there's companies out there that will, will guarantee you work, but I don't know how they can guarantee you work because there isn't, yeah. there's never a guarantee. It, unless the um, company itself is um, directly employed.
0: Yeah, yeah, directly employable to to a client. Um,
1: but I mean, they're, they're few and far between now. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Again, there's there's a lot of companies out there that will take your money. Uh, I'm not going to name any, but it's, there's a few. <laughs> I'll send you a list after. There's, there's, there's a number. Uh, that will we'll take money off you under false pretenses pre- pre- and say, look, we'll guarantee you a job at the end of this. Oh, yeah, 100%. He gets to the end of the course and they're like, no, nah, sorry, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah.
0: My old man did a bit of a cowboy um, CP course because he, um, yeah. he, he's, like I said, he's old school, so he never had to go through the licensing. Yeah. Uh, he could just jump on the circuit if he wanted to. Um, and he he was he was already in with this with the company that he works for. I won't name him because I don't know if I'm allowed to or not. Um, <laughs> but they said they said, look, Tomo, you or Big Tomo, Big Tomo, you've got you've got a fucking you've got a job, but you need to get your yeah. license. So my dad basically looked online for like the cheapest one to get his fucking CP license. Yeah. And I remember him phoning me up during it, and he went, "This is the most ridiculous course I've ever done." in fact at some points he was actually taking some of the the course and he wasn't even licensed he was like it's ridiculous because yeah. he he said to me he went, what course did you do and the course that i went through was at at the time i don't know if they still are so that's just a disclaimer um yeah. were were fucking brilliant and that was excellentia they they yeah. specialized in corporate security yeah. uh, the guys are ex rmp and uh police um
1: so, so boring,
0: cunts? Yeah, really boring. <laughs> really boring. They generally they weren't bad on the piss, but
1: yeah. I've those, those of RMP friends, so I'm gonna to have to say I don't mean that. I, I'm joking. Nodding dog when
0: they were talking in the fucking lectures, yeah. but uh, genuinely was one of the, one, a very fucking well done course. And by the end of it, our final exercise was with um, oh what was her fucking name? Uh, Samantha Samantha Poling she does a panorama Um yeah she she uh, genuinely had death threats and all sorts on her and yeah. it, it was like a basically like a end of task but it was a live one just in case because she has had all these fucking tremor. yeah so we had to take so it literally on the possible. ground literally yeah. yeah and I remember I was um, I was TL on one of the exercises that they were going to they were going to have dinner at um, Windows at Galvin's it's called it's in, by the Dorchester I think Yeah, um, do it, it's fucking spot on but one of the drivers took the fucking wrong turn and took us through somewhere in London that I'd never been before and one of the instructors was uh, acting as like her PA and he phoned me up and I was like hello and he was like what's going on? We're going to be late for the reservation. And I was like, whoa, hold your horses, mate. I'm trying to fucking sort it out. And I was like, I'm trying to sort us out. We're a bit lost at the minute. And he was like, well, you can't say that. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And I was put the phone down on him, not thinking that I was going to get any backlash on this. And then uh, it got to the like the debrief. And uh, she went, Where was the, where's the TL? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, I like you because you're like me. You don't take any shit. You're a bit hot-headed. I like it. And then um, the instructor came in, he went, yeah, that's all well and good, but you don't hang up on the client.
1: <laughs> don't even put the phone down on me again. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, yeah, sorry. Um, but we were running late. Speak. I remember going up there and it was a proper fancy fucking restaurant. And obviously me and, me and my oppo had to go in, be in the cover, sort of out of the way while they were having their fucking dinner. And uh, the waitress came over and was like, do you want anything? And I was just, oh, I'll just have a, will have a bottle of water, something like that. And I came over and she went, that's £9, please. I was like, <laughs>
1: what? Well, nine, 9 quid for a water? i just have tap water.
0: Can what I change it water? to
1: tap water, please? What yeah. is this? <laughs> Always get the company credit card. Yeah.
0: Didn't didn't have one at that time. Didn't
1: have one on the course. So the the good thing is the bloke I look after, I'm not going to name we are actually friends before I started working for him. So there's a funny story behind it. So back to when I got told I was getting medically discharged, I was uh, I was strolling through London. um, I was coming back from our office at Horse Guards and walking back to Barracks in uniform. And you know when you clock someone looking at you and I see this guy staring at me, I thought, oh fuck, here we go. I'm going to get asked a really bone question. he went, (laughs) Your, name, your name's Luke Sealy, isn't it? And I thought, oh, fuck, who am I upset now? <laughs> I said, And I jokingly said, I went, whatever I said on Facebook, I didn't mean it, mate. And he went, what? He went, no, my name's Lee. He went, we used to go to school together. And as soon as he said it, I was like, fucking hell. Hello, mate. He went, listen, take me. So I took him around London. Then as we were leaving, he went, I'm going to tell my brother that you're based here. He'll give you a call. So I thought, OK, random. And then <laughs> yeah, I. Bro. A couple of days later, this guy rings me and he's like, Hi, it's fucking blah blah blah. I'm not gonna again I won't say his name. He's like, fancy meeting for some lunch. And I said, Yeah, of course, yeah. So I went and met oh, him. He said, yeah. Lee said that you took him around the barracks. He said, Is that open to anyone? I said, Yeah. I said, like, obviously, I have to check that it's okay. You have to bring ID, but let's, let's get you in. He said, oh, I don't want to do it today. He said, Can I book him for next week? I went, Yeah, absolutely, mate. I said, like no, working recruiting, I'm my own boss, I can sort of do what I want sort of thing he said okay he said can you wear uniform and i went fucking hell what's this like a fucking request I think mate he, he, he went no i want I to i want to show, show off that i know someone in the military and i was like yeah fine so we wore a uniform walks up around it, it just happened it was during troop training so there was a lot of activity in camp blokes were getting fragged on the drill square the bands were practicing everywhere so it was great as as an outsider i can imagine it's quite impressive anyway we went up we went upstairs for a coffee we were sitting down and I just found out two days previous that I was getting medically discharged. It was after I'd gone for my meeting. And I brought it up in conversation. He said, Oh, he said, well, How long you got left? I said, Well, actually, I don't know. I think I'm getting booted. Uh, and then nothing was said in the room. He left. So about three hours later, I get a phone call. And he was like, Look, if you, if, if you leave the military, um, give me a call, I'll give you a job. Said, you hear it all the time. I thought, okay. Yeah, yeah. that
0: out in
1: a sec. Um, yeah. yeah. So then. Uh, <clears throat> A couple of weeks passed, I got another phone call saying I'll oh, come and meet me at this restaurant in Chelsea. He said, don't come in uniform, just come on your own. So I went and met the guy. He sat down, he went, listen, he said, uh, um, I understand what's going on, sort of thing. I'm saying you're doing a bit of this, that and the other. Would you like to come and work for me? I said, yeah, of course. I said, uh, what do you want? He was like, what am I coming to do? He said, well, as a bodyguard. Yeah, it's a friend boy, pretty much. I might as well be. Um, <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, so long story short, the guy got me a job. Uh, I Mate, mean, I can't fault him. He's probably one... Well. I think having that sort of friendship with him can be difficult at times, though, because he will ring me up, because I think sometimes I forget he's my boss. I'm like, absolutely not. Put the phone there, and I think... Yeah, kind of set, I think, I better ring him back. Yeah, I'm on my way. Yeah. <laughs> he, but, um, but, I mean, look, you, you, you've you got to take your luck when it comes, haven't you? A, I got massively lucky uh, with him. And and it set me up in the position I am now for the future. Um, um but yeah, look I think for the for the lads and ladies that are leaving, they've just got to, you've got to be very positive when you leave now. I yeah. think if you start going if you if you leave and you're already panicking about it and I held my up, I was I was fucking in shit state at one point. I think if you if you if you leave with a bit of a positive attitude and you make the right contacts it, it's definitely, it gives you a little bit of a a warm, fuzzy feeling inside yeah, yeah. that there's people out there that actually want to help
0: you out. And um, I want to add something to that as well, because I've sort of mentioned it on a few different podcasts as well. Um, it might be different now, but when I left, it was basically, like, like we said at the start, what's your transferable skills? Oh, I was in the infantry. Oh, you might as well go to security then. Don't don't just don't just take that as as a as a gospel. Like, actually think about what you should do and things that you might need when you get into Civvy Street. It's not like when you're in the military and they go, "Oh, I fancy doing this course." Ah, yeah, I'll do that. I'll I'll, I'll add I'll I'll add Bowman to my fucking list because yeah. you know, because that's, that's transferable as well.
1: I think I think a lot of the problem, and this isn't a dig. at I don't want to dig at the military because they, they were good to me for many years. Um, but I think a lot of the problem with the military is is there's courses there for blokes that they can can do, which is even in it. So people think, oh, you're in the infantry, you can't go do that, you can't do this. Actually, you can do it. Yeah, cool. You just got to ask yeah. for it. Yeah. But nobody tells the guys this. Instead of saying, no, oh, look. Lads, you've got you've got a slack couple of weeks here. You're all up to date in your max. So it's not really much going on. Instead of fucking giving you bull, fucking instead of doing areas two days twice in the day, and, and fuck, why don't you go and do a fucking like, education course? Why don't you go and do this? It wasn't two hours getting medically discharged. Obviously, there's a difference. So anyone that's been medically discharged, will notice. when you get medical, when you're told that you're you are to be MD. That's you. You, you pretty much go fuck off and and. Fuck off into the wind. As long as you stay in contact with the military and you tell them what you're doing, uh, you can sort... Of, and I I, once, I remember coming home first two weeks and I was like, this is fucking great. On the sofa, a bit of Netflix. Then it got boring. And I thought, like, this is boring. My wife's at work. Kids are fucking out. There's only so much fee for you can pay. I completely pulled up. I fucking bored a red tube. What else can I do with my life? And then I started looking at courses. The sore also, subject would for a in minute yeah. My I knew I had... oh, dude, don't that way. You i do one. Right, um geez. I knew I had my CP course booked in. I thought, yeah. what else can I do? So I went away, did business management, went and did some management courses, went and did everything that I needed that I knew I'd need to start this to start a company or to, to start trading as a company. Yeah, yeah. Um and then I remember asking the guy at the end of the phone, he was great. There's a guy from um what's his name? Peter Burns. But anyone that's getting out from the London, if you go through Peter, he's he's great. I, I didn't even know he was a serving soldier, to be fair, because he's so powerly with you. And then I, when he sent me his, his email, I was, like, well, I was like, fuck, I've been calling his keys and power for the last three hours. Um, absolutely sound as a power bloke. Probably the best bloke I've met. In the, I've met some great blokes in the army. He's probably one of the best. Him and another guy called Trevor Jackson absolutely squared me away to a T. And I remember phoning Peter and going, Peter, these courses, cool could I have done these at any point in my career? And he was like, Luke, People get this misconception that because you're leaving, you have to do a course. "You can phone us at any time in your career and ask yeah. for a course." At my, my people home. don't know that though. That's the that's, that's a downside. So I, mean, I could have gone away and done these courses years ago and been more qualified. Um, yeah. and it, I think it's I think the army needs to do better. they're yeah? better prepare I think people. It's the courses
0: for... in general, mate. Yeah, because they, they need as, yeah. as as good as the air force can be with with certain things. There's also things that they're shit at as well. In, like 100%. like, like I said, like I ball. said with my re- my um, resettlement, they were like, "You just do security." When yeah. in theory, with someone like myself, I'd probably would have done better with some sort of trade, like whether yeah, it's plumbing, 100%. fucking Sparky, or carpenter, or whatever. But I didn't really did, did, did... know. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And like I said, the only transferable skill I had was I was trained to fucking shoot people. I can blow shit up. And blow shit <laughs> up. You know I mean? But even, even even down to like before before that, I was a I was a, a PT instructor before I joined up. But yeah. there was no there was no oh, have you got any other qualifications that you could build on? Whether it's yeah. advanced fucking I don't know wanking. I don't know. But I'd be a master <laughs> of that. I have got I got a fucking black belt
1: in that. <laughs> black belt I and mean... masturbation. Like I could I could sit here all day, and I've got some really, but I, I don't want to sit here, and especially my regiment. They're in the they're in the firing line for all the wrong reasons at the moment, anyway. And I don't think we want to. I don't want to burn that bridge. You know, no, no, so no, but, I mean, there there is there's definitely there's definitely room for improvement across the board. The armed forces. I, I mean, I don't know if you know this, if you've been through social media, but we did a game. For combat stress against the uh, MPs. Johnny Mercer was there. Uh, Boris didn't show up. He bottled it. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a 12-year-old kid that he was tackling. It was adult, so he didn't want to know. Um, so he bottled it. But we spoke to Johnny Mercer at length afterwards, what a great guy he is, by the way. And we said to him, like, what is the problem? Why are we so overlooked? What? Why are we, for example, and this isn't a dig at anyone that's striking at the moment, you, you get all these people striking, doctors, nurses, Train drivers fucking Wednesday they're on. I'm not saying nurses are on a great wage, but train drivers are on a fantastic wage, yeah. and they're still not happening. Whereas soldiers, we've actually took pay cuts over the last what ten years. I, I left, I left on, on a guardsman's wage,
0: and it's illegal.
1: Yeah, strike. I, I left, I left on a guardsman's wage and come back on a guardsman's wage, but because I would left on a certain wage, they couldn't put me down, and the guardsman's wage that I left on in 2012 is now. A serving lance corporal's wage and it's like well how can that be acceptable it's uh, oh. it, 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 you can't earn that money i mean it's too and, two and parts, even two even there, a lot
0: of people have overlooked a few things with that like obviously our our wages were smaller because apparently we were paid 24 hours a day or whatever it was yeah. or 23 so hours out, and 59 like minutes two, you pounds, had one, two pounds 50 an hour yeah you had one minute to yourself don't you or something yeah, from, yeah. But there's
1: a lot I can do. But, in a but
0: back then when we first joined up, you had yeah. you had a decent room. Yeah. yeah. Fucking hot water. Scoff. <laughs> Scoff. And now they yeah. have to pay for all that. It's all pay as you down. So how was the, how has that happened? And they're on less wage, but they're paying for stuff that they
1: shouldn't be paying for. It's ridiculous. Scoffers I mean, I think back now to when we were in little Barracks in the shop. And I was a bit of a camp in the first two years, couldn't be asked to come home most of oh, the time. Yeah. So, so I'd stay there at weekends. I'd go out on a smash on a Friday and a Saturday, then spend all day Sunday recovering before Monday. And you, you'd go down to the cookhouse at half eight in the morning, get your scoff. You'd go back at 11 for brunch, eat as yeah. much as you wanted, for brunch, cool yourself up, go sleep all afternoon, and go back at five for your Sunday roast. It was fucking great. Now you, you, you go in there and you're like, you get an extra sausage. And it goes from three pound to seventy quid, and you're like, oh fucking fuck, you know? Like, this is yeah. a fucking." It's has
0: weird, mate. So was similar, similar. Like, um, before I met my missus, I fucking loved it on the camp. Like, oh, yeah, when, when, when we've, I don't know, if Dan may have mentioned that our first camp that we had. Um, so we were the main camp RF Hollington was was basically full. So the lads that had just passed out, we didn't really have anywhere to go. So they put us in the transit sort of camp, RAF Barnum and our room, it was, it was fucking brilliant. It was, although it wasn't like a slam block, it was, the fucking rooms were bigger. The, there was only like three or four of you down a corridor. So the showers were pretty much free, but the food mate. Oh, Oh, cause it's a small (laughs) camp as well. They put a lot of effort
1: in. Oh. Yeah. And the thing is the blokes the blokes are a lot unhealthier now because <clears throat> PTIs have backed me up on this in, in the regiment. Because they they can't afford to eat good scoff, So they will go and eat shit. Or they'll yeah. go and buy shit from the shops and survive on fucking twenty cans of monster and a fucking Russell's burger because they're skin. Yeah. And, and the thing is you, Sad, you didn't need that, but I, I don't ever remember when when I was young in, in the army, I don't ever remember eating as many takeaways as I did no page you dying come in
0: yeah occasionally you'd go oh fan- lads you fancy chinese yeah. yeah but most of the time yeah you'd just eat it, eat from the fucking
1: it was fucking house, free
0: and yeah it was free and you'd spend all your money on getting get, going out on the piss yeah. because you knew that if you had no money at least you were getting fed
1: we, I even remember this is. I remember going out on the piss on a Saturday afternoon and going back to camp for evening meal, and then going back out on the smash. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Fucking hell. Yeah. you even get that now. You're better off fucking getting the kebab. It's cheaper.
0: Yeah, it's fucking madness. It's it's the fucking politicians again, mate, selling contracts that they don't need to sell.
1: Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Those poor but, military
0: yeah. chefs that just got fucking. Yeah, off. What is, these fucking? I don't even know what these cunts are that they got in. Listen,
1: out. anyone that's based in, in in Wellington Barracks will will know who I'm talking about. There's a certain guy. I'm not going to say his name because he's he, 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 i om in fucking hot water. But he's a certain guy who works behind the hot plate, and he's probably the most disgusting human being you've ever met in your life. Uh Never washes his hands. Goes oh. and then we'll finger your food, and you're just like, I've just paid you, fucking a month's salary for that shit wrap. Yeah, and you fucking make shit your finger for it. You come, but I'm still gonna eat because I paid for it.
0: Yeah, it's like, I, need I mean, eat.
1: It's, it's horrible though, and
0: you see, yeah. you see all the horror things from like uh, on fill your boots and things like that. He, he's const- Alfie's constantly. Posted stuff about he's this. Got, fucking...
1: He's got the fill your boots. He's got you fill your boots. Or rate your rate your boots or something now, isn't it? Which is the, the meal one. Oh, Have you it? seen that? No, yeah, he's got, he's got that now. So, he I mean, it's again, Alfie's Alf Alf great because he just speaks his fucking mind. He'll tell everyone what he thinks. So. Yeah, and
0: it's quite funny though when you think about it because a lot of veterans and, and serving military blokes, you do speak your mind even yeah. though you are basically trained not to speak back or anything, it's as though yeah. that you've regressed all that <laughs> fucking stuff from basic training through every any other training, and you get out and you're like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna fucking tell people." Listen,
1: listen well, you. I'm, not, I'm not gonna name him, but I know he's watching. I know he's gonna be watching because he asked me today when he's getting shared. He messaged me today. He went, "Luke, I love you." Uh, and I know what you're like, he said, but please, just be mindful, whatever you say, will stay in this domain, he went, don't go on there and fucking sing <laughs> ships, he said, because I know what you're like. So there's it been slips, a few time, yeah, there's been a few times where I've gone, oh, no, I'm not going to say that one. No, I won't
0: say that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my, my missus is forever, like, saying, be careful when you say stuff on there, because if you do go for another job and they find out that you're you run the podcast, I'm like, I went, well, they can fucking listen and fucking like it. Gets my numbers up. (laughs) But then they've
1: they've also got to understand that when you've done the job that we've done for, be that two years or or 20 years, you're going to have a different mindset to to the normal Joe public. But yeah. We're not normal. uh, Yeah. Right. Tom I'm getting the that's, look from the, that, uh, from the I was about to say
0: exactly the same thing because I'm going to get I'll get a message in a minute saying well that's that's a funny hour in 20 minutes yeah
1: but it's been an absolute pleasure mate and we'll once like I said give it a few more months once we're well established and then we'll have another chat and we'll have a catch up and yeah mate see where we are but always yeah.
0: welcome always welcome and all the best again for your time mate genuinely well, mate. let me know Watch when it's chat. shared and,
1: uh, when it I will shared do home. mate
0: it will be in the next couple of days. All right, perfect. Nice right. you, mate. Catch you in a bit. up